Hello and welcome back to Swinging at Chins. Those astute listeners among you may be surprised to hear my voice today as Aaron and I had promised to not talk to you at all until Championship Sunday. Uh, Eagle-eyed viewers as well, or at least those capable of counting to two, might have noticed that we were joined by a new face today. Woodsy, how you doing, man? What's going on, fellas? It's, it's, it's been a long time coming and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to, to get to work with you guys and and uh, hopefully you don't throw me off of the show after, you know, one episode. So we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll see I think you're going to be all right. I think you're going to be all right. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Woodsy, um, he's kind of I, – I, I don't know if he's the face of the beer garden, but he might be the face <laughs> of the Premier League at the beer garden at the very least. I'll, I'll uh, take it. He, yeah. Yeah, no, seriously. Of course, he's got the Wolf's Beer Garden hat. All I have is an Albany Gooners hat. Aaron, you need a hat. You're bald, man. Come on. I have a hat. I just didn't grab one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, Woodsy is hopefully. Hat. It is. It is. It looks good. It does. Your beard's better than all of ours. So, we're just going to that. Tra- give and take, man. <laughs> <clears throat> well, hopefully, Woodsy comes a, becomes a. Uh, a mainstay here. We'd love to have him as much as he wants to be here. Hell yeah. Um, on the show today, we have the tightening of the relegation battle as Nottingham Forest beat Arsenal to secure their Premier League for another season. Uh, that match also, don't like to bring this up, but also secure the champions. Man City does it again. Um, we're going to get into that. Uh, um, however, first, I think we need to start off with something that is not necessarily Premier League related, but affects us all. Uh, Vinicius Jr., who from now on will just be called Vinny Jr. because it's easier to say, gets more racist abuse in Spain. Um, not the first time he's seen this. It, it For me, I mean, the effigy in January was when there was like, that's a huge line. I can't believe we're even crossing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made some arrests this week after the whole game in Valencia. So that happened. And then... Um, the Federation of Spanish Soccer has announced that the Mario Kempis stand in Valencia will be closed for five games. So it's okay, guys. We did it. It's not a problem anymore. We did it. Uh, Woodsy, you had some thoughts on this. I think I'm going to go to you first. Yeah, it's it's upsetting that, you know, the game the game we love, the game we cherish, you know, the game we've, we've followed for such a long time and um, you know, it's, that's, that's really starting to hit off in, in the United States is, is having to go through this. And it's as much as it's a, a thing that we don't like to talk about. I think it's something that we, we overall, we have to, um, it's gotta be addressed. It's gotta be, um, in, in all, in all, you know, to make it short, it's gotta be squashed out of the game. It's gotta be squashed out of what society is as a whole. So I think that's, that's honestly what it comes down to, um, but you look at this Vinny situation, and it's not the first time with him. It's not the first time with him this season. It's not the first time, you know, we've had it in Spain. We've had it in Europe. You know, you look at Lukaku recently. You've got – we've even have it have it over here with, you know, with MLS, with Van Zier, who just came back yesterday. I can't believe I'm actually saying this. Came back yesterday and scored uh, uh, an equalizer in, in, in at a time. Um, I, I, one, thing, one thing I do want to bring up about Van Zier, for better or for worse – uh, the team took a vote, and the team did unanimously say that he could come back. So I, I, yeah, and, you're closer and, to the situation with that. Again, no, I, I get that. I, I mean, he's a, he's a young kid, but I, I'm, I, how many, uh, how many of these do we have to go through? You know, we had Mohamed Salah's, you know, seen it. You know, we've had it with 
uh, Marcus Rashford, Bukayo Saka. We've had it with Sterling. I, oddly enough, Sterling had it done by Chelsea fans before you know he was with Chelsea, and he still ends up going there. I don't get that. Um, Mario Balotelli was the face of it for forever. Mm-hmm. There's so many instances that that we can go through. Even Suarez, and I and, that, and I'm I'm a Liverpool fan, and what and what he did even disgusts me to this day. Um, but it's more of a pattern. Um, you got to hit the fans. You got to hit the clubs. You've got to hit the organizations where it hurts most, and that's their pocket. Um, and and experiences for the fans. So. You know, you hit them where, you know, don't have them play in Europe if it's a bigger club. You know, it's going to hit the, the owners in the pockets. The fans are not going to get to experience anything that they, you know, would hope to to have. Um, and, and I would say that it all eventually starts at the top. Um, a lot like, you know, when we have issues within our clubs, you know, uh, like Liverpool, for example. You know, they, they, don't, they don't do something I don't like. It usually starts at the top and trickles down. That's kind of how a lot of these situations work. If there's nothing being done at the top to really stop it, UEFA, um, I'm looking at the, you know, CONCACAF leagues, you know, the big federations as well. If they don't do anything there that's actually going to make a difference, then then they're not doing anything at all. And we're just back to square one every time this happens. And well, and, and, and to talk about to talk about your point of it starting at the top, um, I'm gonna get to you and Aaron just just a second. But <laughs> the reason why this is making headlines right now, again. An effigy of burn was burned of this guy in January. Disgusting. The reason why this is making headlines now is because Vinny Jr. has come out and saying, has come out and said, it, it isn't just that this is happening. It's that I'm getting no support even at the club level. Yeah. And he's kind of made it, I don't even want to be in Spain anymore. Not even Real. I don't even want to be in Spain. And that that to me, I mean, what kind of blemish Blemish probably isn't even the right word, but how is this going to look for La Liga as a whole? They're trying to break into the American market just like Premier League did. La Liga's on ESPN now, and now you're going to have one of the biggest stars leave for racist abuse. You can take that even one step further. I'm going to take it even one step further. Look at what's going on in Brazil right now with the the way that they um, almost kind of celebrated the the courage of, of Vinny Jr. last night. Um, they what they did with the um, I, the statue I can't remember it's going out of my, my brain right now but what what also is going on there is that the Brazilians in inside um, the soccer federation there are realizing that they don't want to send players to Spain that's the conversation going on in Brazil right now they don't want guys to go there and you know what I can't blame them and and if everybody doesn't back what they're doing then I, I think we're, we're back at square one Aaron I, I don't know if you agree but what do you think? I mean, it's all educated right here. We need to cut racism out. We need to cut this abuse. And I actually like what you said where it's it's got to start at the top. And I don't even think the clubs are even the farthest part. They need to start at FIFA. It needs to start yeah. there because they're the tippy top of the, you know, the ice cream. And it needs to melt down. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't start with them punishing clubs and, you know, reiterating what you said then it, it's not going to it's not going to carry any weight anymore it's just all you know here's a open promise that we're going to possibly come through with there's it, it's a disgrace it's true it's true and, and i i would even uh back you on that with with look at what they've what have they done so far that's worked they've they've put patches on on uniforms 
They kneel. They say no room for race. We kneel before the start of games. Yeah, I mean, they, they're, they're, a lot of these things. I, I get that they want to show that they're making a difference, but until it actually affects the people who are, uh, until we actually do something about the people that are doing these acts, mm-hmm. nothing's happening. And and the fact that the, you know the majority of the stadium was chanting at Vinny, and they're just going to arrest like eight or nine people or whatever it is right now, whatever the numbers up to, that's disgraceful. And the fact that Valencia said what they had to say about um, about their their you know punishment of fans is, is absurd considering who it is. I, I I have I have no respect for that club anymore. And to be honest with you, I hope they go down. Hope they get relegated. I hope they suffer every everything that that they deserve for for the way their fans acted. I I think uh, my my main thing with this is most people who know me see know I'm a positive person. I've been a positive person through what we're going to get into next, which has been Arsenal's late season slide as always. Um, but more importantly, with this, I think that there needs to be a positivity towards in- inclusion as much as there's a negative like. It, so you have the racist and then you have the inclusion. And the Bukayo Saka thing comes to mind, especially because I'm an Arsenal fan. He missed that penalty. He wasn't even the only person who missed a penalty in the Euros, yeah. but he was the last one to miss a penalty. And it's yeah. like in baseball, you make the last out. We don't remember the other 26, but we remember the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, and Arsenal did the wonderful wall of all the people who sent him wonderful heartfelt messages of don't listen to these people. And that's great. That is, that's wonderful. But to me, that's, that's like half of it. The other half of it is if if I can't convince you that someone who has a different skin color than you is still a person, I at least need to make you ashamed enough to not say it out loud. I, I think there's that aspect of you shouldn't be the, the stadium as a whole. And I know that that's a culture shift and I don't know exactly how to get to that point apart from just mm. wait yeah. for some generations to change. Yeah. But you need to not feel comfortable yelling that. That needs. To, it's like it's like the people who threw. Uh, and I know that this is again different. I know this is again Arsenal, but that's where my head's at. The people who threw the bottles at Kevin De Bruyne when Man City came to the Emirates mm-hmm. and just slapped us. They had Arsenal fans pointing at the people who threw the bottles to the stewards, saying, "Get them out of here." We need that for racism. We need that for all of that. It should not mm-hmm. be a thing that's okay to say. Yeah. And we talked about it starting at the top. Well, La Liga's not going to do anything about it. <clears throat> UEFA doesn't care because as long as they – I mean, they see it as a league issue. We ju- You just say what Valencia's response was to it. No one even feels ashamed. If anything, they feel emboldened mm-hmm. to yell. Until that changes, it's not yeah. going to matter. I would love to change hearts and minds, but this is a sport that as much as we all love it, as much as we are all inclusive, it has that side of the hooliganism and altruism that happens regardless. Yeah. I think we just need to make them ashamed to even show up. I, I don't know how else we're going to do it. It's also like, like you're, you're completely, I, I agree with everything you said there. That was, that was actually really, that's beautiful. Um, but I'm going to even add to that with the way fans treat players. It's, it's a lot of dehumanization when it comes to athletes. They make a lot of money. They, you know, they, they do get sponsorships. They get free stuff, you know, all this, all this, uh, you know, they get things handed to them. People say the way that has to be taken is if you think that 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 that's something that is allowing someone to be racist towards that person, that's where it needs mm-hmm. to stop. 
if, if people think that that is something that because this person is a different skin color, because this person is rich, because this person gets a lot of things handed to them, that is absolutely the base, the base of where a lot of these fans are, are becoming this way and treating players like this. And then it, it comes to the, the, I don't want to say it, the, like, uh, it, it's just not, how do I put it? It's not something that that belongs in the game, but in society. And the fact that we're allowing it to trickle into the game and, and you know, not penalizing the people that need to be penalized. You look at Vinicius Jr., he got a red card and got would have been suspended if, you know, La Liga didn't, you know, do something right for once. They, they did step in and, and rescind it. Yeah. That wasn't my notes. I forgot to say it. But, yes, but they, they – you know, it, it, that's – it's – we're punishing the people that are the victims. Like – Well, and so are, here, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing that boggles me just about the red card. I just want to talk about things happening on the field. Yeah. He was in a headlock <laughs> three seconds before he pushed someone, and he's the only one who gets a red card. It makes no sense. I and don't that, I don't understand what's happening. I don't – what is on the field. That VAR got fired. It makes no sense. Yeah. Um, good. Good. Because and it is that you understand that even that can be a little bit racially charged, and it's one of those things I know that no one wants to talk about. I don't want to talk about it. In fact, I mean, th- this is not a fun conversation for me to have at all. <clears throat> but the, I, I don't, I don't even know what we're gonna do apart from just get these people out of the game. It, yeah. it needs to be that simple. We'll throw people out for less. Why will we throw people out? Why will we not throw people out when we allow this to happen? I do and like the shaming. As, Sorry. Yeah, and it, I yeah, do no, like the shaming point. That makes, like, make it, make them uncomfortable for doing something that's even more terrible. Absolutely. I think that's how that mindset should be changed. Self-policing and that shaming. And I do not like that. I wish that wasn't the way it is. But to the same point, I'm going to speak a language that you understand. Yeah. And if you are going to be racist and call someone a monkey, shame is the language that you understand. Yeah. And and to be honest with you, that that could be public shaming could be a big teaching moment for that person. If it, if it, if that's a part if that's a way that we can get people to evolve, if somebody can see that or have a kid see that and and cuz you think of it this way, nobody nobody's born racist. Nobody's born racist. It's the way they're they're taught, it's the education, it's the way they're brought up. That's that's where it starts, and that's um, and it, and it, and like that, like we were talking about earlier, how it starts at the top. Those people that get to the top are the ones that get there, and they they keep it there. If they ha- yep. so if they have that belief, that's where that's where it is. And if the fact that nobody's acting on it, that tells me it's up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it is, and it's we're, we're talking about Spain right now. I, uh, the only reason why we haven't talked about Italy before is because. We haven't been doing the show long enough when it's happened to Italy. Um, yep. We were not doing the show when the Euros happened. If we had mm-hmm. done the show when the Euro happened, I would probably have a 15-segment, 15-minute segment just going off on so-called England fans for how they would treat soccer because that's just – that's mind-blowing to me. He was 19 years old. I don't care if he's white or black or anything. He was 19 years old. He had a penalty kick saved. Why did he go to Penns against a team that didn't even qualify for the World Cup? Have that conversation. That's a soccer conversation. I want to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to have this other conversation. Yeah. All right. Speaking of other conversations, um, let's go on to something else that I'm not going to want to talk about. But 
Arsenal's late season free fall continues. Um, lost to Nottingham Forest on Saturday, and with that, City are crowned champions. Arsenal have lost two matches in a row. Um, they have failed to score a goal in the last two matches. The free fall seems to be here. Here's my question. Um, does this go all the way back to the Anfield match? That's uh, man, uh-huh. <laughs> you don't want Man City to win any more than I do. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, I I don't think it actually did come down to the, to the Anfield match, and that might surprise you. I want, I wish it did, but there's no way in hell it came down to that Anfield match. The reason being, I, I you know, we we both we all watched the game. We all saw what happened with Shaka, with Trent, that, you know, people are saying energized the Anfield crowd and kind of, you know, got them back into it and picked them up a bit. I get I get that that whole case. But the fact that they also had to go to Southampton, bottom of the league, Southampton, all you had to do was get, get a win there. Um, you had to go to West Ham. You had a two-goal lead. You couldn't win it there. I think those are the two games that could have changed – the way that the season finished. If they if they get out of Anfield, they had a two-goal lead in Anfield. If they get out of Anfield with a draw like they did, they go, they win those two games, they got a hand on the trophy. They got a hand on the trophy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, as much as I'd, I'd love to sit here and drink my my Carlsberg Ian Rush beer and uh, and say that it was all about Liverpool, I, I I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it to the Arsenal fans that, that you know, had a, had a really good season, to be honest with you, so. That's 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's actually the loss of uh, Saliba, and yeah, um, I can't think of uh, the Japanese guy. Tamiyasu. They lost that coverage. Yeah, it was both in the same game. Yeah, so they lost all that coverage, and now everyone's doing double time to cover for everybody else, and it just wore on them, and the. Having so it, it one, one part, it's not even just a double coverage. It, it is everyone thought that our problems were going to be goal scoring. It was still defense. Rob Holding cannot start at the A again. No. Well, Rob Holding can't start for a championship <laughs> team. So. Rob Holding can't start for a Premier League team. You could even go that far. <laughs> um, no, I didn't mean to talk over you, but I, I do. I think that's a point. First of all, we lost them in the same match. Yeah, and then secondly, because now now Tommy also we don't lose Tommy, he plays right back. Ben White comes in the center back. We're not as strong yeah. as we are, but we're not as weak. Um, a little more. I confident. think, yeah, comp. Well, and then Thomas Party just fell apart, and there's been talk about him having a hamstring issue. It looked like confidence to me. He looked. It he really didn't looked. Didn't want to be there. Yeah, it looked like he didn't have the same presence in the midfield. It wasn't yeah. a pace issue. It just you think it's an off the field thing. He has plenty of off the field issues, and quite frankly, um, I, as much as I like Party as a player, I kind of hope he doesn't suit up in Arsenal red next year. I, it, there's too many unknowns, and I think the um, the Matt Ariza thing should make you wary of For the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, he's a Buffalo Bill punter who had these horrible allegations brought against him of a alleged gang rape that happened when he was in college. 
The prosecutors have since come out and said, not only do we know that he wasn't in the room when the gang rape happened, we can't even prove that the gang rape happened at all, but it didn't matter. The bills cut him, and that's that, and now he's gone. So I I don't want to just take a he said, she said, and say, well, that's it, because then you also have the Mason Greenwood side of things where it's mm-hmm. like there was a video, and I don't understand how we're, that we're, 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 that's we're at. <laughs> it is a complicated subject, yeah. and we've had enough complicated subjects today. Um, but I, Thomas Party, he's the wrong side of 30, and I don't know if I can trust him to do what he needs to do to be on the field anymore. Uh, I think we should have started Jorginho earlier. I don't blame mm-hmm. uh, Arteta for not. Um, but I think we just lost the two guys we couldn't lose. We have done almost nothing but trim fat for the past couple of years, and you're not going to win the marathon when you trim down that much. It, mm-hmm. it is that simple. It's it's what it is. I don't think it comes back to Anfield either. And by the way, West Ham at the time, a lot of people forget, were in the middle of a relegation battle. And those were the first goals that we allowed in a away London derby all season. It was we caught a wrong team at a bad time. And mm-hmm. Southampton, for whatever reason, had our number. We drew them in the beginning of the year. I It's just – I don't think those two are it. I do think once we got overtaken, that's when you see how young the squad is. And they gave up. We gave up against Brighton. We just did. And against Forrest, Forrest wanted to be free. They wanted to be clear of relegation, and we were going to be second, and nothing mattered. I also think the way we came out against Forrest was, excuse me, early preseason. Thomas Party started right back. I mean, it was one of those who's still going to be here next year and who's not. Mm-hmm. And if you're not going to, if you're not willing to play out of position and you're not able to play out of position, I'm not necessarily going to keep some of you guys. Can't him out the door. Aaron, maybe you can piggyback on this one because we both of our teams played against Arsenal. So it's kind of – I always I always try to look at when it comes to title challengers, like their momentum. Mm-hmm. Where did their momentum switch fully? You, you can see a dip is a dip. A dip's going to happen. Everybody's got dips. Man City had them. Liverpool had them a couple of years last year. It, it happens. You know – when when Villa and Arsenal got together at, um, at away at Villa, that match the way that one finished, I thought, okay, their momentum is going to ride them all the way. Still haven't seen that dip yet. I think I think they might actually. This is probably going to be their year. They get to Anfield. I don't think that was as big a dip as people are considering it when it first started. I thought they. I thought that was. It's a tough place to play. It's a good team that's just starting to hit their form. They try a new system with the inverted right back, mm-hmm. and, it, and it, it works beautifully. So I don't think that was it yet. But, Aaron, when when you see a team dip the way they do against nominal opponents, the bottom of the bottom, the, 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 you know, the, the sea dwellers, that's when, that's when you know it's, it can get bad. Liverpool did it with Brighton a few years back. Uh, Brighton were just just had their number, mm-hmm. and so you're a guy that's seen a lot more. Uh, you know, you saw Villa come up, you saw Villa go down. With this Villa team, when they the, the way they finish that game, where I'm trying to go with this is basically, you see, so you see a team like Villa who's so good at this, at playing against these big opposition, mm-hmm. fighting the to tooth and nail, and they still fall falter a little bit. You see a team like Arsenal 
who you think is going to have a dip. They get in this situation. They bail themselves out every time. Why is it do we do we see these teams all every every year when they go up against City falter at the last step? Nearly the nearly every year. I can't explain it as a Liverpool fan. Aaron, uh, I know you're going through this for the first time in a long time. Aaron, as an outsider looking in, what what the heck is going on? Does does it feel like that everybody kind of predicts that City are going to win no matter what, and that no matter what you do? It, it doesn't matter because City will always catch you and City will always have that streak, the run of games. They haven't lost since January. Yeah. So it's like you're looking over your shoulder constantly and you don't pay attention to what's ahead of you. So maybe they just like that, that kind of – they fell over the hurdle kind of deal. And then they fell over another hurdle. And then City's just like, okay, well, we'll clear, 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 and then the, they're, they're gone. So I wonder if it's the constant worriness, worriedness and, and looking over your shoulder that really just kind of stumbled them a little bit. Like being young and listening to the news and not being able, not, not saying not being able to, maybe some do and some don't listen to the news or sports talk radio, whatever. But the, for the ones that maybe do and they just happen to – you know, it gets in their heads and it gets in their heads in the game and it, they just keep transferring it to training sessions and it just, it, it snowballs. So maybe there's a little bit of that that's going, that happened in this particular instance. So I, I want to pose it. I want to pose the question a different way. I think everything you said is valid. I a hundred percent agree, but I want to, I want to switch it just a little bit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, there have been times when Liverpool has been ahead of city and city's cop. By the way, um, I do not want to hear the term bottle. If Arsenal got caught by the city that wins the treble, that's just the way it'd be. Mm-hmm. But well, here, here, here's here's the other side of the argument. And I thought this. Well, <laughs> I, I thought this. I thought this. The same. I thought this every time they caught Liverpool. Woodsy, when Liverpool won the Prem, how many points did they have? Ninety-nine. What does it take to beat a city side? City get they go on that run at the end of the year, and I think that that's something that Pep should be commended for. Mm-hmm. They know how to win in March and April and May, and other teams can falter. But if Arsenal had, if you switched Arsenal's May and September, and now Arsenal's chasing, everyone would say, "Hey, man, they got close," but you know, City can't be caught. And I think it's that same way. Yeah, were we in the lead coming into March? Of course we were. But look at the amount of points it would have taken to beat the Invincibles would not have the points that you would need to beat City this year. Yeah. That's just, it's, so I I understand the whole momentum argument and to a point I agree with you, but this is also just what City does. Mm -hmm. They they lose a couple points in the beginning and Liverpool has a jump and everyone loves and the stat going around is Arsenal spent – I don't know, four years on top of the league and didn't win it, whatever it is. <laughs> but it's it doesn't matter if it, it all that matters is after 38 matches. Mm-hmm. And I can take those 38 matches and break them up in a way that makes Arsenal look like chasers. And I can break them up in a way that makes Arsenal look like bottlers. But at the end of the day, who got the most points after 38 matches? And City, City just drew against Brighton. Um, but again, now you have to take these points with a caveat because, I mean, 
City's bench on there when they won the league at home, when they lifted the trophy, their bench was worth like $700 million mm-hmm. because they still have an FA Cup and a Champions League to play for. Yep. Mm-hmm. So how many points, if Arsenal pushed them all the way to the end, how many points would they actually have got? And they're still going to have, if they win on Sunday, they're going to have 92 points. Which, there was which a time when so a 90-point team was unheard of. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's just I I I understand the argument and I see the whole momentum thing. Mm-hmm. And yes, Arsenal has now kind of given up the last part of the season two years in a row. But three years ago we were eighth. This year we were fifth. I mean, sorry, last year we were fifth. This year we're second. Yeah, we need Progress. to figure out a way to do that. But like I said earlier, we're trimming fat. If you keep getting rid of players, I mean, City didn't play Kyle Walker. He was a healthy scratch for like three months mm-hmm. until he decided to start playing again. And then suddenly, oh, here's Kyle Walker. What has he done lately? Just shut down Mbappe. It doesn't matter. Like here you go. Mm-hmm. It's and that that's the kind of thing. And I'm I'm not getting into any of the whole asterisks, a hundred and whatever allegations or what have you. But City can just Pep knows how to turn it on. And also, I mean, Gunaga. What is that? He turns into Zidane in April and May every year. Try not, try not to think of that man right now. He's so bad. He's God mode. He, he's the reason why Liverpool didn't win a title last year. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm sorry. I'm so single, sorry. Single-handed. Yeah. yeah it's, well, I'm so yeah, sorry. We have Steven Gerrard to blame as well. Yeah, we do. Taking off Coutinho, I think, during the run he run in form he had. That- yeah, no that that was a crazy that was a crazy. And, uh, I've never had a a roller coaster of emotions that bad in watching sports before. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had I've had, you know, I'm also a Giants fan, so like I, you know, the Patriots Super Bowls those live you know deep in my memory bank. Mm-hmm. And- we don't talk about those here. They never. No, we can totally <laughs> talk about those. It's two to three now. Two to one. <laughs> go away. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, yeah, like like nothing, nothing ever quite gets you like the way a run-in does to a Premier League title when your team is in it. Um, going through what we did last year, going for a quadruple, all the way literally playing every game possible in a season. Yeah. That's why I I, I don't think we're going to see – unless something happens, there's going to be – there's going to be two teams in a title race starting three years from now. Uh, it's going to be Pep – it's going to be – if Pep stays, obviously it's going to be Man City. Whether he, he does or not, I think it's still going to be Man City. I do think Newcastle is – Going to, they're already ahead of schedule, yeah. uh, and I, I would not surprise me if before Arsenal, before Liverpool, before Villa ever win another Prem title, that Newcastle's probably going to win one. Um, I, I would I would argue that they they have basically put put the foundation already down, and they're they're getting ready to build a roof, and that roof could be huge whether it's this summer or next summer. So I, I do think that that the windows of teams outside of those two. Are are very slim. Um, you could even throw Chelsea into that three. You really with the amount of money that they want to spend. I know they suck right now, but the amount of money that they want to spend, you can throw them into that mix. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to be willing I, to have a conversation with you after this summer window. Yes, I want to see how Arsenal responds because yeah. and here's my thing with Arsenal. We're getting a little bit over time with this, but it's okay. Um, Arsenal is Arsenal is the youngest team in the Prem. Does anyone know who the second youngest team in the Prem is? Oh, I'm gonna go out. I on heard limb. this. Sorry, go ahead. Don't I'm look it up. Go out on a limb and say it was Southampton. Southampton. That's who I was. Yeah. 
The second youngest team is Southampton. Arsenal is the youngest team. We just got done extending Saka. We've extended Martinelli. Odegaard's not going anywhere. We've extended Ramsdale. It, I understand the core that Newcastle had, and I agree with you. But we're also talking about we, we have this idea that the Saudis are going to spend all the money that they're going to spend. And I'm not saying that they're not. But if Arsenal keeps going about what they've done, I was looking to the transfer market. Since Edu Gaspar became our director of football, our transfer windows every year look like genius level stuff. It just it, it looks amazing. And, and you look at it, I mean, it even goes back to the whole Ben White and Thomas Party, who came in the same window. You know, I the only miss that you could say that he's had so far is maybe Fabio Vieira, who's incredibly young. It, I think that Arsenal, I don't think that Arsenal is going to have necessarily the same sustained success that a city or a Newcastle can have. Because, I mean, as you saw with Liverpool, it's so hard to every single mm -hmm. year yeah. be able to have the guys to do this. But I think Arsenal's core right now is the best young core anywhere, probably in football. Now, where are we going to be in five years? I have no idea. But in two to three years, I think if Arsenal aren't, I, I, I think Arsenal is going to win a prem within the next three or five years. In that window, I think we have to with just the amount of guys that we have and how good our young core is and how we've been able to keep them, which is something that we never did. No one's going on a free transfer. It's true. Um, Chelsea, for me, is the ultimate wild card because they just spent $600 million and they're crap. Mm -hmm. But you also have Poch, and Pochettino is a very good coach. But Pochettino is a very good coach at getting a lot out of players that he necessarily shouldn't. He didn't do that well at PSG. So it's like I have no idea what Chelsea's going to do. Um, I also think Liverpool is going to bounce back. I think the run that Liverpool has been on has been absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. I think Newcastle is going to be good. Uh, I think Liverpool – you know, I City is going to be City. It depends. The problem with City is at a certain point – first of all, this is the longest Pep's ever been with a team, I think. Yeah. Now. Yeah. And when he wins the Champions League with City – I mean, I, I'd love to say if, but when. I don't know what he does. We don't know what sanctions do. We don't know what a lot of those things do. Um, but that's more of a conversation for, I think, I think we're going to have to do a season wrap-up episode, guys. We're talking about Championship Sunday, but I think we're going to have to do a season wrap-up. Um, yeah. Speaking of Championship Sunday, meant to plug this at the top of the hour. I'm plugging at the bottom instead we have a live stream. It is going to be from Wolf's Beer Garden. It's going to be amazing. And more importantly than the live stream, we have a fundraiser going. Uh, Woodsy has done pretty much all the legwork. And by pretty much, I mean all the legwork oh. to set this thing up. So, Woodsy, <laughs> like the you Andrew Robertson of the podcast, you know, doing Jesus. all that running. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, Andrew Robertson is a uh, player on Liverpool. And Andrew Robertson is also the namesake for my dog, Andy. Who, uh, <laughs> by the way, like the joke is, uh, Andrew Robertson only has a left leg. Well, my, my dog only has a left leg. So that, that's what makes it even, you know, cooler, right? So if you haven't met my dog yet, he might be there on, on, on Super Sunday for the Pram at Wolves. But, uh, yeah, we got a, we got a, a fundraiser going on. Uh, big one that, that I've been, I've been kind of um, wanting to get done for a, a couple of years now. You know, the, the, the turnouts for for uh, the final day of the Prem at Wolf's Beer Garden the last few years have been absolutely extraordinary. Um, and Wolf's does a great job putting it together. They're always well-staffed. They always, you know, make sure everybody's taken care of. Uh, so we're going to step it up this year. We're going to we're gonna 
uh, raise some money for uh, Habitat for Humanity of Schenectady County. Um, I've been talking to Carrie, the the uh, the rep from uh, 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 Habitat for Humanity. She's been she's been hooking me up and making sure we're all set. Uh, we're going to be able to do donations there live. So if you want to donate cash, you want to Venmo, we're going to have a QR code so you guys can do that. Uh, we're also going to have um, the beer sales, part of the beer sales, 10% uh, of the beer sales from 10 a.m., uh, which is about an hour and a half roughly before kickoff, all mm -hmm. the way to the closing, which is about 2 p.m. Of, of, of the games, mostly around 2 p.m. Uh, so that'll be a little bit after that, I guess. But um, that'll be when we'll, we'll, we'll be doing that. The 10% uh, of donations will be going to them, uh, as well as the donations that you guys will be making on site. Um, so definitely come hang out, uh, come enjoy yourself, watch some great uh, uh, Premier League, uh, Premier League soccer. Um, and, uh, and, and we're, we're obviously, we're, we're doing this because it's something that we love, but we're doing it because it's something, you know, that I've always loved is giving back to my community. Um, I've done a bunch of fundraisers uh, lately, and, and I honestly can't tell you the feeling that everybody will have come 2 p.m. On, on Sunday. You know, it's, it'll make everybody feel better about themselves, make them feel like they, they've done a, you know, made a difference to their community. And uh, I, I can tell you from, from firsthand experience, you will see the difference. Uh, whether people say that, you know, I'm not going to go, I'm not, nothing really means anything, you know, you will see the difference. I can guarantee you that. Um, Habitat for Humanity is a great organization. They've been they've been around for so many years, and and they they do a good job not only in the capital region but around the U.S. So um, they they've always been one I wanted to to get involved with, and uh, yeah. So I hope I hope everybody comes out 10, uh, 10 a.m. to two p.m. Uh, we'll have some fun. We'll watch some soccer, and we'll we'll do it all for a great cause. Hell Speaking yeah. of, if you are in the capital region, you want to come. Our live stream is going to start about 9.45.10. We have some good interviews lined up. We're interviewing Carl. He is the, I believe, um, at least at one point he was, I think he still is, the manager of Wolfsburg Garden in Albany. Um, we are going to have um, Nick Coos for the Arsenal group. We have a couple different maybes from the Man City group. And then, uh, Woodsy, you were going to be our Liverpool guy. Oh, yeah. But now that – uh, no, no, no. Now you're on the pod, so we're going to hear enough about your Liverpool opinions. <laughs> right now, I want you to pick someone else that we interview for Liverpool. Ooh, ooh. Um, put me on the spot. Um, I think Niall Fahey is probably going to be the guy I'm going to end up going with. Niall's a good speaker. He's, he's He knows Liverpool very well. Um, it might be him. I, 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 I'm going to have to throw it actually in for a vote. I've got a committee of, of members uh, I think I'll have to throw it in for a vote, but you you will definitely see me there. We have our end of the year Liverpool party starting around the same time, around ten o'clock. So we we do about an hour of that. We we give out our supporter of the year, uh, nice little trophy that you get to drink out of, you know, during the match. It's a fun little game. That's cool. Uh, we've we've got our, our supporter of the year uh, picked. We just picked him a couple days ago. Um, and maybe maybe I'll have him up. Maybe I'll have the supporter that of the would, year. That would be good. That would be a good maybe idea. We'll do that. I can't reveal who it is yet, but. Um, it is a, it is a good, uh, it's, it's a, a fan that's been there for pretty much every single match this season. I think he might've missed one match and we, and we lost that one. So we forced him to come back. So, um, that's, that's the reason why he's, that's the reason why he's the supporter of the year. We, we would have been in relegation if it wasn't for him. In, uh, Albany Gunners land, we have just officially elected our board. So we're very happy with that. We got five guys there. Uh, 
Matt Bahan, uh, Taras Korstil, if I'm saying your name right. I'm sorry, Taras. Everyone, he always says call me T. Um, so I'm just going to prefer <laughs> to use T from now on. Uh, Nick Coos, Andrew Lewis, who is actually the guy who helped get the Virginia Beach branch up, and then he moved up here. He works at the Arsenal in Water Belize, so he's the only true gunner among us. <laughs> and then, obviously, myself. I wasn't going to give – I don't think I was going to give Bud Red anything. So, um, they're going to get announced there as well as we have our Albany Gooners flag. And all Albany Gooners who show up get to sign that thing, and we're going to have first year send-off on that flag. So, That's cool. we, got, we, got a lot of, we got a lot of good stuff planned. Um, also, not, not least – but definitely last because I forgot to do it earlier. Um, Aaron and I's old soccer coach in high school, Will mm-hmm. Bevins, is going to be there, and he's going to be our Manchester United guy. Um, yeah, right. He is. Uh, he's he's a little over it right now. I, before um, before he even talks about City, was, I need yeah. to know I need to know about the playing days of the two of you from him. That's what I want to hear. I want to see we how we can talk it, about it. We can talk. I want to. I want to see how that was. I want to. You know. I let go let back me to let me put it this way. Uh, Aaron is a one-time, and I am a two-time sectional champion. So it's true. We weren't bad. We were not bad. We were everybody, actually pretty everybody good. duck shots fired. <laughs> it was class C. We we're small. Yeah, it's, it's not true. my fault. I grew up in Scarry, but that is awesome. No, uh, <laughs> we were. We made it to. Oh God, I don't even remember regional finals. I think. Yeah, you guys my went super year. far. Yeah, we went pretty far. Yeah, I got two right feet, so I I, I couldn't play. <laughs> Man, they were asking for defense. anybody at ours. I, uh, my like answer, the... my my thing was stand in the way, and I went, "You got to coach." <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm more of a director of football operations type guy, not a not a you know playing on the field type guy. The physique is there, believe me, but it's not uh it's not, you know, I don't like long distances. I'm more of a sprinter, you know. Usain Bolt. Obviously not yeah. a soccer player. No, opposite of me. Opposite of me. I got it. I got it. Definitely. Once you get this body moving, it takes a long time to get it stopped. So yeah, you can't stop a train when that thing's off the tracks, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to go into one of our new segments, which is just going to be free time, random thoughts. Um, Aaron, you had a random thought about a rule, a rule, not even going to say change, just a rule that you don't like. Oh. Can I bring that up? Yeah, I – cannot stand the delayed offsides it's it's so brutal it's first off you know the line the line judge knows that it's offside <laughs> why can't you throw it off why can't you just should, I end? should know it's offside. fair enough <laughs> the the fact that there is a possibility that it could lead to an injury it pisses Thank me off you. more because now you could have stopped that play you know 10, 15, 20 seconds ago. But now my center back's injured because you didn't decide to have the nuts to just uh, call it off. I, I cannot stand it. And I understand that because it's VAR and we have to let it go so they can draw their lines and ma- micromanage every millimeter. That, that That's what we're stuck with now. But, man, it just it's so annoying. It upsets me. Then actually manage every millimeter, which is my other – they don't, but whatever. What if they had like a flag that was able to like laser across and boom, they see that it's offside, <laughs> person's offside. It's shooting the offside player. Yes, <laughs> but only, only the it, it would the match it would officials be... can see it. Okay, now how do you do that? 
I don't know. That's technology. Now they're running so around with special. They're running around with 3D glasses on. I already can't take Michael Oliver seriously. If he comes up and he starts, he throws a red card to a player with one blue eye and one red eye. I can't. I'm done. Listen, we got we we've had we've been in the news for the referees for the last two and a half months, Liverpool. So I don't know. I don't know if I really have a say on that's a small issue compared to what we have to feel, deal with with Paul Tierney. Mm, but I agree, a hundred percent, Aaron. That that is the, one of the worst things. I I cannot stand. I get why they do it. I get yes. the whole backstory. But my goodness, if 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 Allison Becker ever got injured by by somebody going in, like almost slide tackling him inside the, the eighteen, I'm losing it. I'm absolutely losing it. Yep. Yeah, yeah no, I, and I, I do think sometimes it's just that simple. Sometimes it's the it, – I understand why you want to do this, but once one player gets injured, you're not going to do it anymore anyways. So let's I, just not do it. I would even say this. If it if it happens to Harry Kane, you'll see a rule change. Harry right. Kane is the Tom Brady. If it happens to Harry Kane, Brady. you'll see a rule change. If it happens hey, to hey, – the, the Harry Kane segment of this podcast happens in about five minutes. <laughs> well there's your segue boom no no we have another segue before we get to that i want you guys to tell me what is wrong with this picture one of these things is not like the other the guy on his phone in the back <laughs> yeah right the worst part is you look right over it yeah everyone looks right over it. the number or the... is that Mitrovic? no name no number Entire first half, no name, no number. Yeah. How does that even happen? Somebody in the club's going to be in trouble. I I don't want to know. Like, how, first off, the referee, the referee, whoever's sure. refereeing this game, how do you give the guy a yellow card? Did he give him a yellow in the first half? I don't know if you guys have the stats with you, but normally they're like, all right, turn around, or they know the number. Um, like, how does the referee call him over? That's a good idea. Uh, what is Mitrovic's number? Don't look it up. What is it? Number nine, right? Seven. Wait. See? Nine. Uh-huh. It's nine. It's got to be nine. I think. I think he's. Well. I don't he's know. A, or is it a double-digit number? That's. He plays a number nine. I agree with that. I'm pretty sure it's nine. I think it's nine. Twenty-one. I'm landing on twenty-one. Twenty-one black. I feel like I would have. Or is it red? It I don't 21. know. <laughs> no, he he is number nine. Uh, he is number nine. He had two goals. Is it on his shorts? Do you know if the number's on his shorts? Um, oh. You know what? Aaron sent me a different picture. I'm going to see if I can pull it up and see. I think that was from the front. Because nope. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, guarantee you the ref didn't look at the – No, he's got a Fulham badge on the one side. He might have it on the other. Huh. Right? I was just watching. I was like, huh? what the heck? Wait, Mitch doesn't have a number or a name. What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> Like I've seen a name spelled wrong in a jersey. I've seen a wrong number before. I've seen the name fall, you know, the name fall off a jersey. <laughs> yeah. I I've yet to see anyone just single handedly not put the name there. I mean, like, <laughs> first off, this is this is this at uh, Sellers Park or is this at uh, it's Craven at Craven Cottage. Cottage. Cottage? Okay, so you got the kit man. I'm a I'm a I'm a paint you a picture here. He did you not get the- a yellow card. I found it out by the way. He did not he did get not? a yellow card. That's okay, right. so so the referee. I don't know what the heck he was doing. But you got a kit man even more clueless here because the kit man, if I'm not mistaken, is to hang the jerseys in the dressing room. Mm-hmm. With their names. With the name and number. Normally, from what I've seen, facing out. He, You're telling me he put that thing up there and was like, yeah, nothing will do. 
right. feel good so about this. this. Is, yeah. they, they all went in and they were all <laughs> flipped with the front out, out like and no one even no one even questioned it. <laughs> well, they just put their jersey on and go play. What? A, what? Well, they come out and go, "Hey, Big Mitch, it uh, it takes it takes a while to the machine that stands it heats up." And we just—I wish it's I didn't think you were back till next week, and I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you what, though, it doesn't take much to miss a giant six-six Serbian. So I mean, at least you knew who True. it was. True. You know, I mean, the guy—the guy's a, a monster on the pitch. So yeah, yes. Um, if you don't find him on the pitch, you'll find him jumping over an opposing player. So he's one of the two places. All right, uh, moving on to what will be hopefully. The part of this, uh, I gotta remember, gotta remember how to drop this. It's been a while. I'll go here. You're doing great. Oh, no, I go here. There you go. Boom. Uh, um, the part of this I like, guys. What the hell happened to Tottenham? Managerial just, changes. Director of football being suspended for two and a half years. That too. Their whole operation just sucks. Just Daniel Levy. Yep. Just at the very top. You know, honestly, it's kind of given a bad stain for American owners right now or any American who's trying to, um, you know, pick up ownership in these Premier League championship or lesser teams through the divisions here. Um, I hope that's not the case where, you know, these stains will happen. But it's it's yeah. fun to watch Spurs Circle the bowl. <laughs> if if it was gonna happen to any one of those teams, it's gonna happen to who? It's gonna happen to Spurs. If anybody's yep. gonna downward spiral at some point in the season, it's gonna be Spurs. Yep. Unfortunately, it's it's just kind of what they what they are as a club. Um, they had their, their uh, high for what peak. it's worth. Daniel Levy is English. Is he really? Didn't yeah. know that. Well, he has a very American name. It, make, it makes sense though, because he's the only English or the only uh, he'd be the only American owner if he was American that doesn't own a football team too ah. in America, you know? Wow. Yeah, or, or another sports-related franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I I'll be honest with you, I the team I was nervous about when Liverpool started to make their climb was Spurs until maybe about a week or two before they played Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, once I saw what was going on there with Conte leaving with um, Paratici and and all the stuff going on with him back in, in Italy and Juventus and um, I, I kind of figured that this was all going to collapse on them pretty soon and it has and and to be honest with you you know you look at all the we were talking about earlier I think Rhett was bringing it up where if you flipped Arsenal's September and and, and April around yeah. you know you can you can see it's a it's a different story you yeah. do the same thing with Spurs this season too it's you true. know they it's 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 still going to end up as the same same thing but if you took their their october or their november you flipped it around um you know you you really wouldn't have much of a different story but you'd have something that would be a different narrative come this time of year it'd still be pretty annoyed at the fact that they're sitting in eighth and not you know fourth or fifth or or excuse me third or fourth where they want to be but yeah and and i'll tell you what it's gonna hit them hard when it comes to money it's gonna hit them hard and harry kane it's the guy that's got to make a decision. Yep. Which brings us into our next spot. Harry Kane. He is first player next year. Bye bye. I'm going to say yes. Oh. And and the reason being is 
He's a service man. I'm going to stop yeah. you both right there. Before you say the reason being, I want to know who does he go to and for how much. All right. Uh, probably United because I've been beating that drum for a while. And it's probably going to cost him 120 to 130. Sorry. I, I think he stays. But if he does go, I also think it's going to be Man United. I think he goes for I think he goes for a little bit cut price though, because I think the 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 feet are held to the fire, Tottenham. You know, you either sell him and you sure. get something back now, or you lose him for free in the, in the next summer. So He's I got do think that, months. that I didn't realize that value. Contract yeah, so that okay. value, I think you know that should probably be about a hundred million. Probably going to end up being about 65, 70 million, given his age too. Bargain. So, Bargain. Um, it, it yeah, yeah. It, it could be. I don't... I don't know if that makes sense for Spurs to sell. And the reason why, you get that money in. Um, and I'm gonna I'm kind of shamelessly stealing this from Tifo. We t- shout out Tifo a lot in this podcast. Mm. Um, <laughs> they brought up a really good point. If you can even get the money, what good is the money if you can't spend it? Their director of football just got suspended for two and a half years. Sure. They are spiraling. Okay, money now is better than no money later. But if he continues to play for you, and you find a decent coach, you know, you can find the next Pochettino. Maybe you don't get Champions League because of how complicated and how – I mean, you're looking at it next year. You got City. No one's expecting to go anywhere. Liverpool found their juju at the end of the season. Uh, Arsenal, we've already talked about them. Youngest team. They go get Rice. They go get Sosedo. They go get those guys. Mm-hmm. They're only going to be better. And – whether or not you think Arsenal can do a prem next year, they will have 81 to 84 points this year. That's going to get you a Champions League spot. You have Newcastle. Chelsea just spent $600 million. <laughs> And then you have United, who has the ability to spend any amount of money on anybody. And yep. Eric Ten Hag is actually a decent coach. Yep. So I don't know where Tottenham falls in there. But you're not going to have Champions League football next year to bring players in. So here's $100 million. Congratulations. Great. No one wants to pick you. You're not playing in the Champions League. You don't know how to get a hold of anyone anyway. Aaron, you and I had this conversation last week. This isn't FIFA. You don't decide on these contracts. Rice, I guarantee you, wherever Rice ends up, I guarantee you that West Ham and Rice and the team he ends up have been talking to each other for months. These These mega deals do not get done right away. I don't know if it makes sense for Kane to go anywhere. Now, this is a Daniel Levy team, so they probably saw him. So I don't know if that's what actually makes the most sense from a football perspective because you could, if he gets you back into Europa or somehow gets you back into Champions League, even if he goes for a free, I think he nets you more money in the long run. I really do. Especially if you don't know how to spend it now. Just also based off of the fact that jersey sales and people are going to come to want to see him too. So there's a trickle down effect of just having that superstar on your club will bring people to come spend money for you to spend money, and the cycle goes on. There's one other thing I think is worth bringing up. Um, he's getting really close to breaking out his record. It's true. I don't think he goes to the continent, I think he stays in England. So now you're not competing against Real. It's not like Real and PSG and Bayern and United all want him. I, Chelsea maybe, because Chelsea needs someone to score goals. We've been talking about that all season on this podcast. Can't see that happening. 
I can't see it happening either, but I didn't see Chelsea spending $120 million on Enzo's release clause, and here we are. Um, United, maybe. <clears throat> Newcastle, maybe, if the Saudis decide to spend a bunch of money. And he gets the Brendan Frank- Allen shares. Oh, oh, in in a Newcastle be... jersey? Yeah. Yeah, in a Newcastle kit? But you take those three teams away, and who's doing it? Who's spending? Who's splashing that kind of money? And even then, those three teams, like three teams. Saudis were guessing on. Bowley probably doesn't have any more money to spend. And even if he does, I still don't know how he makes it work with FFP <laughs> and United. So really, one and a half teams charitably. I don't know if they're going to get what they want from them. Yeah. And I, I would even go a step further and say that is it – with all the other teams in the in the top – we're going to call them top seven because I think I think it's a big seven now. Um, with all the other teams and the way they are being built, the way they are are, are looking going into next season, it's a top-heavy league, and they probably fall seventh. I, and, and by probably, I mean they, they most likely will fall seventh. They're not better than all the teams that, that you just rattled off right there. So that's why I'm thinking if you do sell him, you got to get it. You know, whatever you can get for him, it's got to be it's got to be a good chunk of chunk of cash. Mm-hmm. But I would I would try to sell him. I would try to sell him to a team that's not going to hurt me in the long term. Being somebody foreign, Bayern Munich, PSG, clubs like that. If I want the max out of what my revenue is going to bring in, if I'm Tottenham, that's keeping him because he's going to bring in every single the amount of kits they're going to sell if Harry Kane breaks the record there. With like a, a him and Alan Shearer on it, they're gonna they're gonna make up a lot of that lump sum of of sale that they're gonna have yep. uh, if they sell him. Then again, the money the money is there, the money is to be had, the money you can get right now. Somebody's if somebody spends, it's gonna be a major lump sum of probably like sixty million flat on the bottom, with a bunch of add-ons on top that raises raises it to like 75, 80 million pounds. But if he if does I'm break the record. Just, just for, just for what it's worth, if he does break the record, he'll be doing it with a contract extension. The record is two hundred and sixty to sixty-six, something like that. Yeah, he's at two hundred and eleven. Yeah. So realistically, three more years. Unless he has a Holland-like season. <laughs> and, well, Which, and here's the thing: you know how you get a Holland-like season? Go play for City. I'm not saying Holland only did that because he played for City, but what I am saying is Harry Kane is not getting that type of service. Yeah. Absolutely. Imagine, you know, it's funny. I I was talking to someone about uh, Holland's, right? This is a a little bit off topic, but I was talking to somebody about Holland's record. He still doesn't have the record for most goals scored, um, uh, most non penalty goals scored. You you know what? Suarez and Mohamed Salah both are above him still. I didn't know that. I had no idea. So, uh, uh, Luis Suarez is thirty. He really, he really died off the second, and it's not yeah. even like he died off. He just stopped. He had all those hat tricks in the beginning, and yeah. it bumped up his numbers so quickly. He's still a fantastic goal scorer, but yeah. it's again though. We had this conversation on the pod. We're way off topic now, but it's a good topic anyway. So we had this conversation on the pod. Is Holland making City worse? City is not their best when Holland scores three goals. I do sometimes think it is that simple, and I know that because Holland goal scoring has been down, and they haven't lost in 2023. <laughs> they just keep winning. Mm-hmm. You, you could say 
to piggyback off of what you're saying there, you could even say that City are are better when he's a decoy and the midfielder scoring. Because look how good they are when you look at the the game against Real Madrid, the Champions League semifinal, that second leg. That was probably one of the best first 45 minutes of football I've ever seen, and it yeah. all came from goal scoring midfielders. Bernardo Silva and, and and Gunduan looked great that that game too. Well, Gunduan and Silva turn it on, and De Bruyne uh, is just someone someone who turned it on is KDB. Yeah, I yeah. KDB did not have a phenomenal first half of the season, and he had a horrible World Cup. And he is God mode right now. <laughs> um, all right. So one thing we need to get into before we get into uh, a little bit of hazing the woodsy, not, not too bad, just a little light hazing, is a relegation battle, uh, something that's going to be a lot of fun on Championship Sunday, mm-hmm. which, by the way, on Saturday, I believe it's the 27th, it is Coventry City versus Luton Town at Wembley yep. to see who comes up. Uh, a lot of fun things happening with Luton Town. Their stadium does not meet Premier League regulations, mm-hmm. and not just size, like from a broadcasting standpoint. So if they win that match, who knows what's going to happen with that? They're, they I may have to play at MK Don Stadium. The report was twelve million pounds of renovation have to be done within three to four months, which is crazy because yep. they have a new not- stadium being currently built too. They just <laughs> not, they well, haven't broken ground yet. They have plans, but they haven't broken ground yet. Oh, I'm sure when they win Saturday, that that'll yep. just twelve million pounds have to go to refurbishment. Yeah, they'll figure yeah. it out. Anyway. Uh, Everton, this is very interesting. All three teams in the relegation battle are at home. Oh. Everton have Bournemouth. They're at 33 points, negative 24 goal differential. Leicester City have West Ham at 31 points, negative 18 goal differential. And Leeds have Tottenham, 31 points, negative 27 goal differential. So Everton's real easy. Winning you're in, it's all over. Don't worry about it. Leicester have, if Everton do anything but win, Leicester have the best shot because that goal difference. Yep. Even if they end up tied on points with Leeds. I mean, that's that's nine. And Leeds needs everyone to lose with them. That, that's kind of where we're at. That's not happening for them. I, I, I'm, I mean, it is Ellen Road, and Ellen Road is really hard to play, but they've buried Tottenham themselves. So bad lately. Yeah, and I guess that the, well, they still have – a conference league if they really want to play for it. I hope they don't um, to play for. So there's still something in their, in their radar. Uh, I, I'm really hoping for Leicester city to pull this one out. And Is just, that just so your home life's okay. Shut up, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to, we just had a sec, uh, a, a segment about how Spursy Spurs were. Nothing tells me they're going to be more spursy than by losing the Leeds on the last day of the year to screw the two teams ahead of them. So I, I think – I'll be honest with you. I would not be surprised if Leeds win this game. With the, with the form they're in, they've got a they got a big draw against Newcastle. I thought they should have won that game, to be honest with you. Um, they, they've, they've played good 45 minutes. They just had stupid, stupid errors, this Leeds team. I'll tell you, that's what it comes down to. I, I didn't see much of that when Jesse, Jesse Marsh was there. It was more formation and being able to defend. Now he it's did, it's just idiocy. He didn't even have week. Bamford. He did, yeah. And now and he, also Bamford's out again because they had to pull him out during yeah. that last match. So, I, like, I don't know where your goals are coming from. That's my favorite thing about that entire Jesse Marsh thing is that you go and you get an American in Weston McKinney, and before he steps on the pitch, you fire the American manager. 
Yeah. What an idiot decision that was from from the the top of the uh, uh, top of the, the the pyramid there at Leicester or at Leeds. I I do think Leeds, out of all these teams, if one team's going to win with the momentum they're riding, I think it's going to be Leeds. However, the caveat: West Ham have a European final, mm-hmm. and I think that's what gets the the Leicester team a bit of an advantage going in. I didn't like the way Leicester played against Newcastle the other day. A lot of people gave him credit for only giving up the one goal or, or uh, no goals. Yeah, no goals. I'm sorry. The Their first scoreless draw, I think, since before the World Cup. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that's. I think both of those teams are going to win. I do think, and I'm hoping as a Liverpool fan, I hope Everton <laughs> goes down, baby. If they go down, there it's game over for them. I mean, we've talked <laughs> about it. Brett and I have talked about it before, but there's yeah, they got so much money above them that weighing over their heads that if they go down, they're not going to be able to pay it. Yeah. But You've got I, that stadium redevelopment. Yeah. You've got the the amount of money that they're, they're putting forward into this team. You've also got an FFP investigation into that yeah. Everton team too. That's that, it. I think, is the caveat. Because you think of it this way. Let's say they go down. They're going to lose the revenue. Yeah. Most importantly, they're going to put themselves back five years. They're not going to be one of those teams. We see it a lot with like Norwich. Um, where a team goes down and they come right back up, right? Yeah, if this Everton team goes down, they're not going to be up for at least two, three year years. Year. At least two, three years. Year. Could they go all the way in Bolton this whole thing? <laughs> like, seriously. If they're, still, no, if they're still a team, there's a lot of conversations about whether or not they're going to be able to financially support the club Yeah, yeah. if they go down. If they don't um, go down he, this year, they're probably going to go down next year. Here, here's, here's my right. argument. Here's my argument for Leeds. Number one. American, so obviously. <laughs> uh, number two, only one of these teams is facing Tottenham. Number three, who is Leeds manager? I forgot. Oh, now. Yeah, Big Sam. Big Sam. <laughs> oh, right. Who's never been relegated? Not true. Listen, we found what? this out. We found this out. He bribes officials, he does whatever he has to do. There's <laughs> a joke. Money fell out for people who don't know. Money fell out of his pocket. He tried to bribe, bribe the fourth official. with air quotes, a fourth official with it. But still, I'm just saying he doesn't go down. <laughs> Why are you saying not true to that? Because he went down with West Brom. No, they fired him. Yeah, the they didn't pay the down. referee at West Brom. But West Brom couldn't afford to pay that that uh, that referee. That West Brom team was terrible. I feel they bad. Were, they were bad. Remember those? Remember yeah. their, their best player left and went to Saudi Arabia the following year, Matthias Pereira. Remember yep. him? Yep. He was, yeah. I thought he was good. I thought he was real good. But hey, all right, Brian, guys. It is, time, it is time for the final segment of the day. A little bit of hazing. Don't worry. Next week, well, probably two weeks, we probably won't do this on Championship Sunday. But next week, you can be in on it. But Aaron and I are about to tell you a true false. We are going to give you a statement. You need to say if it's true or false. You need to defend it. You'll have 30 seconds to a minute. It's kind of like the lowdown, not exactly. Uh, Aaron, do you have questions ready? Yeah, I do. I was prepared. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go first. Um, Woodsy, Carlo Ancelotti has allegedly told Real Madrid that he wants his old Everton player, Richarlison. Do you think that Richarlison goes to Real Madrid as a Vinny Jr. replacement when Vinny Jr. says, I'm done? Uh, that's that's a that's that's false. That's not that's never happening in a million years. Uh, I'll be honest. If, if Vinny Jr. has a or uh, Vinny Jr. Richarlison has a better chance of scoring a goal than going to Real Madrid. 
Um, <laughs> that's that's where I think that that one is. I cannot see him if he's going to leave. He's going to go back to an Everton. He's going to go back to a team that's lower, or he's going to go to like a PSG because they just want to spend money and and sell jerseys. You know, that's what they do. You know, putting a putting another Brazilian in a Michael Jordan kit is going to sell. So it's one of two things. He's never gonna he's never gonna play for a team like that. And I'll be honest with you, Ancelotti, if if he if he wants to keep this job at Real Madrid, uh, which I think he should, I think he's one of the the top three managers in the world easily. Um, if he wants to stay, because obviously it seems like it's up to him, he needs to go and he needs to get uh, uh, defenders. I think that's where his his lack is right now, and I think that's basically what what they need to do in order to to, to advance. All right, Aaron, what's yours? Uh, so Crystal Palace obviously hired Roy Hodgins. Roy Hodgins will keep his job next season. False. Uh, Roy Hodgson is, uh, quote-unquote, uh, me, I don't know, 11 years ago, the worst manager I've ever seen in professional <laughs> sports. Um, <laughs> when he was at Liverpool, I never I, – I, I wanted to have great expectations going into this, mm-hmm. but the first from the first moment he was there, I, I can't tell you how quickly I was like, this is going to end in absolute disaster. And most things with him – usually end up in, in disaster. So the way I'm going to go with this one, it's it's false. He's never he's never going to keep his job. They're going to get rid of him, I think. Or actually, he's got a better chance of probably leaving on his own. If anybody goes into that role, though, I could see the likes of, of <laughs> a Lampard. I could see Oof. somebody of, of that ilk. I could honestly see... You mean it, uh, right? Yeah. I could honestly <laughs> see... Wayne Rooney, I think, would be a perfect person for that job, with what he's doing at DC United, uh, putting a you know a team basically on his back and and man, actually managing the team uh, that he's. This given might to. be this might be a little bit of homerism as me, but you know who was perfect for that team? <laughs> the the Why did you fire him? <laughs> you idiots! <laughs> anyway, here's my next one. Speaking of firings, Newcastle is. Probably going to finish third this year. Yeah. Either way, guaranteed Champions League football. They have an entire country behind them. We've talked about this. Uh, they go out and they get a better coach than Eddie Howe. False for now. Uh, because what's going to happen is Eddie Howe's got 18 months left on his um, lifespan, I'm going to say, with the Saudis. That's the way I'm going to put that. He... He's got 12 to 18 months left because what's going to happen here is he's going to spend a boatload of money. They're going to underperform, whether it's in Europe or whether it's domestically. They're going to underperform. They're not going to win another trophy next year. It's the year following that they're probably going to win something. But you're going to see the likes of somebody who has more of a European pedigree take over the realm around that time. They're going to let him kind of try this thing out and see how it goes. He's never been in European competition before, so I think that's going to be a new thing for him. How does he manage a team? that has players that's, that's, that have never been in Europe before. Um, so I think I think he's it's it's he's not going to leave for now. It's false for now. In about 12 to 18 months, come back to me with that one because I think that's that's when we're going to start talking about that. Well, you're going to be here for the next 12 to 18 months, so we'll hit you I got back. I'll, I'll <laughs> sign that contract today. <laughs> um, so 
Sean Dyche is obviously still the manager at Everton. He leaves to find a better job. Uh, false. Uh, I don't think there are better jobs out there for him. I actually think he's, uh, I actually think he's kind of perfect for Everton. He's the he's got the the rough, the tough, uh, defensive style football that they they probably need. Um, if he goes, if if they if they do end up going down, could be a totally different story. Mm-hmm. Um, because that that whole club they need to they need to focus on financials if anything. Um, but I'll tell you what, if if out of all the signings you had mid season, the one that I thought was going to bomb the worst would have been him. Uh, but I, I actually think he's done. He's done what he needed to do, and he's done it with Burnley before. Even though he went down with Burnley, he's done it with them before, and and he's done what he needed to do so far. The job's not done. Can he get it done? I hope not. Uh, but we'll see what happens. If he doesn't get it done, I want to make up. He just got diced shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, they're probably already out there somewhere. <laughs> Arsenal, Arsenal felt getting diced in the in the in January. I did not like that at all. All right, here's my last one. Um, Chelsea spent $600 million on new players. Chelsea, we talked about Arsenal trimming the fat. Chelsea's going to have to trim the fat. Chelsea is also bringing in what seems to be a very good manager. In the 23-24 season, because of where Chelsea finished this year, because of where they're going to finish next year, Pochettino wins manager of the year. Ooh, um, I'm gonna. Wow, I'm gonna say true. Um, I can't believe I'm actually saying this. So it hurts, but it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, it that's does. Giggled. <laughs> but it's a lot of it's a lot of things that are going on. I think behind the scenes, right? This like this very day that I think is the reason why he could be that person. Um, reason number one, he's bringing in what I think is one of the best. Uh, forward-thinking playmakers in, in Christopher Nkunku from RB Leipzig. He's going to be already – he's already come to, the, to that team. Mm-hmm. That's a stud signing right there. That's the guy that I think if Jao Felix goes or whether he stays or not, I think Nkunku's the type, the type of guy that Poch can kind of mold, whether it's a Harry Kane role or whether it's a, an Erickson role, if you drop a little bit further deeper behind the, the striker. I think that's a that's the type of player that can transform a side going forward, um, which is what they need. They can't score goals. So I think that's one – and the reason number two, I think he he actually could be, if, if not manager of the, of the season, a great success there, is that Todd Bowley announced today that he's going to be stepping back uh, a little bit from the the football operations role. That I think is could it could be the biggest thing that will happen to Chelsea in the next four or five years um, before they do a ridiculous you know signing that they're probably going to end up doing. Um, so I, I do think Poch is going to have all the tools at his disposal all the money at his disposal. And he's going to have all the players that, that are already brought in at his disposal. That guy, I will tell you right now, that guy is, is a does wonders for attacking football and for forward-thinking midfielders. Enzo Fernandez is going to be unlocked in, with this guy. Um, they're, they're both Argentinian. They both speak the same language. They know each other very well. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, You will see the Enzo Fernandez that you saw at the World Cup most likely will come out under Pochettino. I didn't even think about the Enzo Fernandez. Neither did I. That's that's good. That's good. Yeah, I think it's true. I think it is. That was, I mean, that was it, my guy. That was my it, before it, when the World Cup. Enzo Fernandez was my guy. I wanted him so bad at Liverpool with Klopp because he was a perfect player. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, if, if anybody gets this guy, 
and and can actually work the game around him and have him be that piece that that you work your midfield around. Yep. He's flawless. He's flawless. Well, and I also think, first of all, hopefully healthy Conte, uh, Mudrick with a good coach he's, that he's, isn't going to. Conte's not a free. Great. Oh, is he? He has he a is, contract. Okay. Free okay. Agent. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So he could be he could be moving, which opens up. I mean, there's a lot of wages coming up. So now you got That's who true. do you bring That's in? True. Do you go after? I don't want to say it, but do you go after Declan Rice? Or do you go get you know a Manuel Ugarte from Does Declan Rice go for no. you though? Let's go into City or Villa. <laughs> yeah. One of those Ugarte. is probably right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron, you got one more? Yeah, we're staying in, in uh Chelsea, same vein, because you know why Poch wins manager of the year? It's because he's winning the league. Oh, False. Uh, Man City are going to win the league. You know what? Uh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. There you go. All right. Yeah. We're, we're done with that. We're just absolutely done with that. Yeah, I, I think I think Man City wins the league. I think that's uh, I, I think that's basically where where we have to be at right now with the financials coming in with Man City, with the way Pep's got them playing. He said he's going to be there next year. I I can't not put my money on them. I don't have Chelsea as a title contender next year. Mm-hmm. I do have them as a top four lock. Um, whether they finish third or fourth, I think that's where they're going to end up. Um, the biggest threat, I think, to City, I think there's there's two of them depending on what happens this summer. It all depends on what Liverpool do uh, with that midfield and with that defense. I think their attack is great. Mm-hmm. Best goalkeeper in the world, in my opinion. I, I don't think I don't think if they if they don't sign a midfielder, if they don't, I think they're going to get McAllister. I'll say that right now. I, I would not be surprised if by the time I'm uh, the time after the Champions League final, if Alexis McAllister is holding up a number ten shirt for Liverpool, I would say that right now. I think he's the one they're going to get. Um, I would not be surprised if Manchester United. Obviously, they got to get a striker, right? That's the other team I would say. If they can get a striker that can basically do what they expected Lukaku to do when they back when they signed him, mm-hmm. a Victor Osimhen. A, a, I can't believe I'm actually saying this too. If they can go out and get a Darwin Nunez type player that can stretch the lines inside the two center backs, or whether it's a back three, the three center backs, that's the type of player they need because they've got the guys that can feed them the ball. They've got Erickson. They've got, um, it looks like they're probably going to end up with Mason Mount. It looks like they, they, or they've got already um, Sabitzer. It looks like he's going to stay. They've got Casemiro. Those guys are forward-thinking whether they're playing deep or whether they're playing forward, you know, in front. Mm-hmm. And Bruno or Bruno Fernandez is still one of the better assist makers in the in the Prem. So they just need a guy that can sit there and score goals. Lotaro Martinez probably a perfect a perfect guy for them too. Mm-hmm. But you know, Inter need to sell. So there's a, a number of options out there for those two teams in particular mm-hmm. who can address the need right away and make themselves title contenders. I think those are the two teams that could that could jump up. Um, I think Arsenal's going to be there, so it, I do see it as a five man race. If Arsenal bolster the way I think they should bolster, they're going to be in the title race too. But I, 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 I got to see the money. I got to see where the money happens this summer. I'm going to stop you right there, only because a we're at 120 minutes and oh, an hour and 20 minutes. Excuse me, not 120. Um, and also because this is all great stuff, but we need to talk about it in our season recap. I agree with you. This is this is a conversation that while it's fun to have now, who spends and who doesn't. Yeah. You know, it, it is one of those things. Um, 
I am going to say this, and Aaron, I'm going to let you say one piece because I'm saying one piece. I really do not see it being a five-team race next year. I see it being a three-team max. And I know who I think my three teams are. Um, Aaron, how many people do you think actually have a shot? How many teams do you think actually have a shot next year? I think that there's a good possibility of I want it to be four just because it makes it more spicy. Three is yeah. still really good, to be honest. We only had a two. Three is better than what we've had. Even this yeah. year, it was still only two. Yeah. I, I could only. It would be awesome for it to be three. Yeah. I think three is probably a very safe bet to sit on. I, I'm going to go three as well. I think that's where it's at. But I, I could if see. If you guys want to know who we think our three are, then you're going to need to hit subscribe. You're going to need to like, you need to hit oh. the notification bell. Need to do all those wonderful things because we are done for today. We will see you guys next. I got time. another hour in me, boys. Let's go. I'm down. Let's go. I know you do. I know you do. But you're gonna have to save that hour. We got championship Sunday coming up. We got live stream. We got interviews coming up. How people think feel that their teams' seasons went. We have a great fundraiser coming up, and then the week after that, I think we're gonna do a season wrap up. And then after that, we got a bunch of fun stuff planned. We'll be doing transfer talk. As kit season comes out, we'll be talking about how, you know, we'll do a huge kit ranking. Um, we already – I also have something planned. I got spreadsheets built and everything. Uh, this is Aaron's idea. Expectations versus final results. How did your team do? I think that's going to be a ton of fun. I think expectations is better than just looking at the table. Uh, give you an idea. Chelsea has their own category. <laughs> uh, everything else is going to be a load of fun with that uh we're not gonna we're definitely not gonna output as much during the summer but we're mm -hmm. gonna be here we're gonna be talking all those things if the uh arsenal highlighter yellow topography kit comes out that will be the last place on the kits <laughs> i absolutely guarantee you i will make it so um yeah, we got a bunch of good stuff coming on. Uh, we already have the live stream announcement up on YouTube, so make sure you're looking out for that. And, uh, guys, any other final thoughts? No, my tummy's rumbling. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I, I need United to lose the next two. Yep, I think I think we all need that. United to lose the next two. Wonderful way to end the pod. Woodsy, thank you for being on, man. I hope Absolutely. to uh, – I want you to be one of three, man. We don't need to be this. This doesn't need to be the Aaron Red show. I want this to be the Aaron Rhett and Woodsy show. So, I'm down, fellas. I'll. I'll uh, I can't wait for the the live stream. Big fundraiser. Um, it's gonna be an awesome day. Uh, drinks are gonna be flowing, so we'll uh, we'll have some fun there. I can't wait. Yeah, drink for a good cause. Let's go. All right. Well, thank you guys very much for listening. See you on Sunday. Bye. Well, guys, that was an episode of Swinging at Shins. We appreciate you for coming out and listening to us. If you guys want to hear or see more, we have links in the description below. We hope to hear from you soon and hear more about what you have to say.